What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Welcome to Love, Death, and Money. I'm your host, Attorney Nas Baruti, on Talk Radio 790 KABC. If you have a legal question pertaining to estate planning, trusts, wills, power of attorney, medical directives, and you want to ask on the air, call the station right now at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. I should emphasize when I say legal question, that's why I say estate planning because sometimes you know people want to ask questions about bankruptcy or immigration or and other stuff and i just focus on estate planning making sure that you have the proper legal documents for the day that you pass away or god forbid become incapacitated and it's like i always say if you don't have a plan the state of california has one for you and trust me you are not going to like that plan if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. My name is Naz Baruti. I'm an attorney in Southern California, and I focus my practice on estate planning. Like I said, having trust, will, power of attorney, a medical directive, having an end-of-life plan so that the state, specifically the probate court, doesn't come and make decisions for you. Now, almost 70% of Americans don't have an estate plan. But guess what? The state of California has one. And most of the time, you are not going to like the details of what that plan is. One of the main reasons that I always advocate for clients to have a plan is because probate court is very time consuming. You don't want to go through the process. Trust me. Dealing with the probate court is is kind of like watching paint dry. It's it's a long process. On average, it can take anywhere from six months to two years to go through um, the court proceedings. Now, when you don't have a plan, everything you own, whether it's your trust, your will, um, I'm sorry, whether it's your home, um, your bank accounts, anything that you own, all of these things are considered part of your estate, your car, your jewelry, your furniture. If you don't have a plan in place, the court steps in and basically determines how everything gets distributed. It, it's called interstate laws, and they're already on the books, and you really don't have a say once you're gone. So whatever the, the law says, that's how the court is going to distribute it. They don't want to have to deal with trying to figure out, well, what are the family dynamics? What, what would this person have wanted? They don't have time for that. That's not the job of the court. The job of the court is essentially to just follow the law and if you did have a plan, to implement that plan if, if, if it's necessary. The beautiful thing about estate planning, having a trust, having a will, um, is you're able to control from the grave, meaning when you're no longer around, you are able to determine how your estate is going to be distributed, Okay. We have a caller on the line, Leslie. You are on Love, Death, and Money on it with Attorney Nas Baruti. What's your question? Okay. Um, so I have done my living trust probably about three years ago with my husband. And at that time, we had to kind of figure out names. I have no children. 
so it was a matter of picking friends and people that would help this, you know, kind of disperse my living trust eventually. But my question to you is what happens once I um, have people that maybe in my life came and went and I want to change it up? Can I change that by going just to a notary republic and have that done? Or do I have to physically go back to the lawyer and have him redo it? So that's a great question. Depending on the type of trust you have, Leslie, most likely you have a revocable trust, which allows you to make changes at any time. Now, whether you can go to a note, like just write something down and go to a notary and have it notarized really depends on the instruction that's written in your trust about amendments. So if you go back to the original document, it will say there will be like a head heading that will say amendments or changes. And sometimes there's instructions that you have to follow to make those changes for it to be valid. So you really have to go back to the original trust. Now, if that attorney, you know, you had a good experience with them and they're still, you know, practicing law, sure, you can call them, ask for what you want to be changed, but they may not be in practice anymore or you may not have gotten a great experience through that process. So you can go to any attorney that um, specializes in estate planning to have them help you make those changes. So be very careful about what is required from the original document to make any changes. Does that make sense? It does. And so I did contact the lawyer. He's still available. And unfortunately, I thought it was kind of absurd because really no i'm going to have to really research my living trust now that it's been a few years mm-hmm. and see because it was just a sheet of paper that had like the names of the people that we designated right and it didn't seem like it was a part of it it was something that we added and i actually found it in an email that i had written but i never got a response so i don't even know if it really technically is in my oh i see uh, living trust. well you know sometimes what attorneys do is they will send you like a summary of your trust So it kind of just has the main points of who's going to be beneficiary, who's going to be successor trustee. You may be referring to that. The actual document itself, I would be concerned if that document is just a couple pages. Usually a a well-written revocable trust can be anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 pages. You should have... Um, you know, like a trust binder with all of that. So that may have just been a summary of what the attorney did so that it's easy to understand. Okay. I, I kind of almost, if I think correctly on this, it was one of those days where he said, okay, go back to your house, fill out who you want, and then send it to me. But I don't ever remember him following up. Oh, That's, I see. I, don't know if it is in I the see. Body. Does that make sense? Yes. So yeah. I would follow up with him and say, I'm just circling back. I I sent you these changes. I just want to make sure these are in place. So it it most likely, if it was in place, he would have sent you follow-up documentation where you would have had to sign and notarize. That's that's a good practice of, of any changes in the future that you make to the revocable trust to have it signed and notarized. So, you know, future beneficiaries or anybody that's involved is not going to have to deal with any litigation of someone saying or contesting that was that really your signature on that amendment? Correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. I hope that okay. helped, Leslie. No, it really didn't. I do appreciate it. And um, your show is great. And people get out there and get their living trust done yeah. because you never know what's going to happen in your life, right? Right, right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. You too. You know, that's, that's, that was a great question. Um, 
And it leads me to the celebrity case that I'm going to talk about later on in the show and how we can learn from it. It's the Lisa Marie Presley case. And I I told you guys two weeks ago that we are still going to be talking about it for weeks to come. And some of the stuff that I predicted is actually happening. And it has to do with the change in Lisa Marie Presley's original trust document. So I'm going to get to that um, in the in later on in the program. But I want to go back to what Leslie said. She said, you don't know what's going to happen. Get this stuff in order, okay? Because if you don't have a plan, the state of California has one for you. And like I mentioned, it's a time-consuming process. You don't want your loved ones to have to go through that process. But one of the other reasons that you don't want your family to have to go through probate is because it's expensive, There are statutory fees that are required to be paid out if your family decides to work with an attorney to help them through the process. And, you know, nine out of 10 times these cases, um, they they will need an attorney because it's so complicated. It's so complex. You don't want to file something incorrectly. So that attorney is going to take a percentage of the value of the estate. So you have to ask yourself, what makes more sense for me to be able to decide beforehand how my estate gets divided, not having my beneficiaries um, deal with the courts and saving so much money. Um, do you want to pay a couple thousand dollars now or do you want to pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars later? I mean, some of these cases that we get, if it has to deal with probate, because we get a lot of callers whose loved ones didn't plan. And we have to help them with the probate process. Before you know it, 50 to 60% of the value of the estate is gone like that. And so the reason I come on the air and I've been doing radio for almost a decade now is because I know this information is not widespread. Okay. And some people may wonder, well, why are you talking on the air about this? And only attorneys ask me that because attorneys make more money when you don't have a plan. You have to ask yourself, is an attorney going to make more money if they just help me create a plan where my family doesn't have to go through probate? Or is the attorney going to make more money when I'm not prepared? And I'm here to tell you, we make more money when you're not prepared. But I don't want your family to go through that. I've been doing this for almost 12 years. And trust me, I have more than enough clients to keep my time um, busy. But the reason I love doing radio is because I can spread this information far and wide and everybody's case is different. So you're, you're gonna have to consult with an attorney about your particular situation, but this is more impactful rather than me trying to answer people's question throughout the day. I have more um, of a ability to reach more individuals about estate planning than if I were to just pick up the phone and talk to 10 people throughout the day. So you want to make sure that you have a plan. If you don't have a plan, the state of California has one for you. And trust me, it is time consuming. It is expensive. And it just creates a whole bunch of headaches. If you want to get a plan today and you've been putting this off for way too long, I want you to give my office a call, Attorney Nas Baruti at 424 424- 465-9003-424-465-9003. Or you can visit my website, barutilaw.com, B-A-R-O-U-T-I law.com. I'm your host, attorney Nas Baruti on Talk Radio 790-K-A-B-C. If you have a legal question pertaining to estate planning and you want to ask on the air, call us right now. We're ready to speak to you. one 800 222 5222 
1-800-222-5222. And to get more information about myself and my practice, you can visit my website, barutilaw.com. That's B-A-R-O-U-T-I law.com. And I know some of you are driving right now and can write down that information, but you can go on the KABC website under programming and all of my information will be on there, including previous shows that are on our iTunes um, show. Um, And if you want to order a copy of my book, Love, Death and Money, surprise, surprise, that is why I named the show Love, Death and Money. Uh, You can pick it up on Amazon.com. You can get the paperback or the Kindle version. The book is a legal guide specifically written for women, Love, Death, and Money, A Woman's Guide to Legally Protecting Yourself, that helps you understand the importance of estate planning. The first part of the book is about what is estate planning, what you should look for in an attorney. And the second part is traps to avoid. So real life cases of clients that were prepared and some were not prepared. And trust me, this is a book that anybody at any age can use and learn from. And even you gentlemen that are listening right now, it's not just meant for women because you can just literally take that information and apply it to yourself. But the reason I wrote it specifically for women at the time, this book came out in 2018, was because, first of all, women outlive men. And it's important for us to have these end of life conversations and get our affairs in order. And number two, I was seeing a trend during, um, you know, a meeting with clients where uh, sometimes women were very quiet in in the meetings, and that alarmed me because they weren't sure how much they had in retirement. They didn't know who their accountant was. They didn't know how much they filed in ta- in their taxes, and that concerned me. That. They weren't taking the lead on these conversations. And I know that attorneys can be very intimidating when it comes to having these conversations. So I wrote this book as a guide for you to sit in the comfort of your own home, uh, understand the the concepts written in the book. It's really easy to understand because this is like really dense material. And I try to make it as fun as possible. And that's why I love radio so much that I can speak to you on the air and you can just ask your question. And hopefully I explain. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen it in a way where you understand it. Again, to ask a question on the air, you can call me attorney Nas Baruti at 1-800-222-5222. Now, I want to talk about the Lisa Marie Presley um, estate because I knew a couple weeks ago that this was not going to be an easy situation. And I was right because her mother, Priscilla Presley, just filed a petition with the court contesting an amendment that a allegedly Lisa Marie made in 2016, okay? If you guys remember in the beginning of the program, Leslie called in and she asked a great question. She said, what do I have to do to make a change? I want to change, you know, uh, the people in in my trust that are going to be making decisions if I'm no longer around or my beneficiaries. What are the steps that I have to take? Well, that was a good segue 
to the case that I want to talk about today, which is why did Priscilla Presley file a petition to dispute the amendment? Well, she is contesting the amendment, saying that it removed her and her, and Lisa Marie Presley's former business manager, Barry Siegel. Remember, we talked about him and how Lisa was in litigation against him. He sued her. She sued him, claiming that it was because of him and not managing her affairs properly that she was literally almost bankrupt. And so... This amendment in 2016 removed her mother and removed Barry Siegel as co-trustees. Okay, trustee is like a manager, okay? Let's just break it down. When you create a trust and you're able to control from the grave, well, obviously you're not around and you need somebody to implement the rules and regulations that you have put in place for your beneficiaries, the people that are going to inherit what you leave behind. Now, she put her mother and she put her business manager. And then in 2016, apparently she removed them. Now, I can understand removing Barry Siegel. That makes complete sense based on all of the litigation that was going on and mismanagement and not really making sure that Lisa had enough money. What I'm not okay with and I don't understand and I'm sure we're gonna figure out in the next couple of weeks is why she would want to remove her mom. Because remember, I spoke about how her mom was able to turn about $5 million that was left behind for Lisa from her father, Elvis Presley, and basically was able to turn it into $100 million for her. Because Elvis did have a trust and named Priscilla Presley to be one of the trustees for his daughter, with an accountant or business manager. So she she had some help. But a, they were able to use Graceland as a place where fans could come visit, but also it created revenue. And because of the revenue that it was that was being created, when Lisa Marie turned 25, she received her inheritance and then she sold a large portion of this corporation that was established to basically oversee all of her father's music, memorabilia, um, Graceland. She sold 85% of it and made $100 million. So I'm wondering why she would want to remove her mom. And Priscilla goes on in her petition to say that she removed the mother and Barry Siegel and replace them with her daughter, Riley, and her son, Benjamin. Now, another thing that's concerning is, well, Benjamin passed away in 2020. And so maybe she didn't have the energy to do this, but I'm wondering if she would have wanted Riley to have a co-trustee like Elvis had for Priscilla Presley to have somebody to bounce ideas off and not have just one person making all of the decisions. Maybe she just didn't have the energy to go to an attorney and say, hey, I need to, I need to remove Benjamin from these documents. Priscilla goes on to say that based on Lisa's original trust, any amendment required that the document be given to Priscilla. Okay, so if Lisa was going to make any changes to her trust, the trust, the original trust document required 
that Lisa give a copy to Priscilla and Priscilla didn't receive anything. Now, we don't know what the relationship was between mother-daughter. In 2016, were they close? Were they not close? Did they just get close because of the release of Elvis and the fact that, you know, they had to go down memory lane? Did they get close towards the end of her life and Lisa Marie just never had the time to go back and remove that amendment? I don't know. But another thing that's alarming is that the document misspells Lisa's name. And I would like to say that attorneys make errors just like any human being, but a name error is a big deal. In addition... The document was not witnessed and it, and it was not notarized. So another alarming red flag as to is this document valid or not. And she's also claiming the signature on the document appears inconsistent with Lisa's original signature. Now, there are reports flying out there that she... Um, relapsed and started having another opioid addiction and she had lost 40 to 50 pounds and maybe that's why her heart gave out. I don't know. I don't know if she had the right mindset. She had lost her son in 2020. Maybe going down memory lane and making the movie Elvis was not good for her. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is, but I am concerned that Priscilla is now in the middle of all this. But there's more. There's more to the situation. And I knew there was going to be more. Apparently, Lisa Marie had $35 million in insurance. Okay? I'm a little skeptical. I'm skeptical in the sense that why would Priscilla want to contest this amendment if Lisa Marie just put her daughter and her son as co-trustees. What is the issue with that? What is the concern with that? Wouldn't she want her granddaughter to make these decisions? I mean, after all, Riley is an adult. She's married and we just discovered that she has a daughter of her own. So why wouldn't her grandmother want her to make decisions? And my lawyer brain is going 100 miles per hour trying to figure out what's going to happen. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of fights, okay? Just like when we saw the Prince estate go through years and years of court proceedings and litigation to finally come to a, a, a resolution on how somebody's estate was going to be distributed. Prince's estate was going to be distributed. So... The reason, ladies and gentlemen, I speak about these cases is because it becomes more realistic for you when it's a public figure. I mean, at least it does for me. And if I just sit here and talk about, you know, one of my clients without naming, you know, who they are, and I just give you details, it may not hit home for you. And some of you are thinking, well, why are you talking about a millionaire? I don't even compare to that. And this is only for millionaires. Guess what? It's not only for millionaires. Estate planning is not just for the rich. I guarantee you, most of you that are listening right now have bank accounts. You have life insurance policies. You have retirement accounts. 
You have homes, whether they're paid off or not, I don't care. You have equity in the home. You had to put a down payment. Wouldn't you want your loved ones to have peace of mind that if something were to happen to you, they wouldn't have to go through the court system. Everything would be clear. Everything would be in order and they would be good to go. I'm sure you do. And if you need to get a plan, I want you to give my office a call right now. Attorney Nas Baruti at 424-465-9003-424-465-9003. Love, death, and money. I'm your host, Attorney Nas Baruti on Talk Radio 790-KABC. If you have a legal question and you want to ask it on the air, call the station right now at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. Before the break, we were talking about Priscilla Presley and how she filed a petition disputing a 2016 amendment that her daughter, the late Lisa Marie Presley, apparently made, uh, removing her and her business manager, Barry Siegel, as co-trustees of her trust and replacing them with Riley and Benjamin, who are her son and late um, I'm sorry, her, who are her daughter and late son. And uh, Priscilla is claiming that this is not a valid amendment. So it will be interesting to see what happens um, in the next couple of weeks concerning this amendment and if the judge will allow Priscilla to stay as a co-trustee. But I am concerned <laughs> if, in fact, let's say the court agrees that this amendment is not valid because it wasn't witnessed or notarized and it there's some inconsistencies with the signature in place. Um, why would a judge allow Barry Siegel, who was in the middle of litigation with Lisa Marie Presley, to serve as co-trustee? It, it makes no sense to me and I am so curious to see what's going to happen um, so I want to keep an eye on that case and I'll, and I'll report back to you guys. But one thing I want to talk about, about the Lisa Marie case, that's really interesting. And I think many of you are going to be actually shocked about this. Lisa Marie Presley had $35 million in life insurance. And the reason that's important is because a couple of things. Well, the two policies, there was one for $25 million and one for $10 million, And apparently there could be a possible third policy, but there's some reports that it may have lapsed. So that it expired, it could have been a term policy and, you know, she didn't, she didn't continue it or renew it. Lisa, before she passed, was trying to get cash out of one of these policies. And she had about... $4 million or so in debt. And in the process, she was trying to get $2 million cash out. But get this, the paperwork that was submitted to the insurance company to get the cash out of the account, the life insurance policy, the cash value, it was incorrectly filled out. So it didn't go through. I mean, I'm actually very shocked I'm I'm concerned that individuals with this much money do not have the correct advisors or attorneys around them to be able to complete something as simple as a form to take out your own cash value from a policy. It just boggles my mind. I just I I will never understand professionals that just don't 
do their job correctly. Or maybe Lisa filled it out herself. I don't know. She owed about $2.5 million to the IRS. Okay, she was in a lot of debt. There was a lot of trouble um, concerning child support payments from her ex. You know, she also has uh, two young daughters that are minors. So altogether, she had four children. Her son passed away in 2020. So she leaves behind three children, one being an adult, two minors. These life insurance policies have her kids listed as beneficiaries, apparently. Now, this is the kicker of all kickers for me. (laughs) There are such important tax implications with an estate like this. And I'm really curious as to who advised her because many of you may not know, but in your lifetime, you're only allowed to transfer a certain amount So right now in 2023, you can transfer $12.06 million without any tax liability. So a married couple can transfer over $24 million. So it's $12.06 million per person. Now, in 2026, that is going to be significantly reduced to $6 million per person. So if you pass away before 2026 and you're under this threshold, you're good to go. 12.06 million. But anything over that amount, let's say you have more than $12 million and you want to transfer it to your beneficiaries, it's going to get taxed anywhere from 18 to 40%. Okay, 18 to 40%. So in the case of Lisa Marie Presley, We're talking about movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend, Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. About, okay, $35 million in policies. That's just policies. That's life insurance policies. That doesn't include everything. Let's say the IRS comes and takes their debt of 2.5 or 3 or 4 or however much the debt was. Let's say there's $30 million left over. $30 million left over. So she has 12, about $12 million that she can gift. So you take $30 million, subtract it from $12 million, whatever is left over, guess what? It's going to get taxed 40%. So her estate is looking at something close to $7 million in taxes. So there is a reason why I keep saying, if you don't have a plan, the government has one for you and they're going to be the big winners because the IRS is going to get an easy $7 million. But guess what? She could have taken out the value of these life insurance policies from her estate if she had a proper trust called an irrevocable life insurance trust. So an irrevocable life insurance trust, if you're listening right now and you think you hope that you're going to survive till after 2026 and you may have more 
than $6 million at the time of your death. And a majority of what you own will be in life insurance proceeds. You want to make sure that you have an irrevocable life insurance trust in place. So what is that? An irrevocable life insurance trust, like the word says, is irrevocable. It's pretty difficult to change it. And so this trust becomes the owner of your insurance policy. But it minimizes your estate taxes because it's not considered part of your estate. It's owned by the trust. Okay? So it's not included. It it doesn't care. Like, let's say you're listening right now. You have a $3 million policy. And you're concerned you're going to be over that threshold that you can gift in your lifetime. Well, guess what? If you create an irrevocable life insurance policy, that $3 million will not be counted towards the value of your estate. And depending on your situation, it can create also asset protection from creditors coming and accessing the insurance policy proceeds. So let me give you an example. Let's say that, um, let's say there's a single guy, okay, has a kid, has a minor kid, gets into a car accident, um, and it's his fault, and he kills somebody else, and he kills himself in the process. Well, the person that he got into an accident with, that person's family comes and sues his estate. And let's just say for argument's sake, he also has a $3 million policy and has his child as the beneficiary. Guess what? If that family's, if that person's family sues the estate of, let's say, my client, and my client doesn't have an irrevocable life insurance trust, and they win a judgment, they can come after the proceeds of that insurance policy. Okay? I don't think many of you really understand what is at stake. I know many of you may have insurance policies through your employer. You have policies that you've purchased, whether they're term or whole life, and you really need to make sure to save this for what it's intended for. One, you got to remove it from the value of your estate, and two, you got to protect it. So there is a, there are a lot of advantages to having an irrevocable life insurance trust. And guess what? Just like a revocable trust, an irrevocable life insurance trust allows you to, again, control from the grave and make provisions for the distribution on how the funds are used. So if it's really important for you, for your child to go to college and you want to make sure that money is used for their college, you could write that in there. And with a proper trustee or co-trustees, they can implement implement your wishes. Okay? There are so many <laughs> um, advantages of having an estate plan. And I am so shocked that nobody told Lisa Marie Presley, hey, Lisa, you're getting $35 million in insurance and you're worth a lot of money. Let's put this in an irrevocable life insurance trust so it's not counted towards the value of your estate and have the government tax the heck out of your estate when you pass away. I have no idea why nobody told her that. (laughs) If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Love, Death, and Money. I'm your host, Attorney Nas Broody on Talk Radio 790 KBC. You're listening to Love, Death, and Money. I'm your host, Attorney Nas Broody on Talk Radio 790 KABC. 
If you have a legal question and you want to ask it on the air, call the station right now at 1-800-222-5222, 1-800-222-5222. To get more information about myself and my practice, you can visit BarutiLaw.com. That's B-A-R-O-U-T-I Law.com. And to get a copy of my book, Love, Death, and Money, A Woman's Guide to Legally Protecting Yourself, you can visit Amazon.com and pay, pick up a paperback copy or a Kindle version. I prefer paperback only because I like to take notes when it comes to um, guides like this. And and hopefully you can gift it to someone that you know in your life that could use that information. And most of the people that read that book get really shocked and they didn't even know half the information in there. And so they really, really get going on making sure that they have an end-of-life plan, making sure that you have a trust, will, power of attorney, medical directive. And if you don't have a plan, the state of California has one for you. And trust me, you are not going to like it. And despite the fact that, you know, for the most part, some people know about the concept of a trust or will, 70% of Americans don't have an estate plan. And because of that reason, your stuff, okay, your estate, I'm just going to say stuff, whatever you own, is going to go through probate court if you don't have a plan. And like I mentioned, uh, probate court is time consuming. It's expensive. It doesn't allow access to your assets until there's a court approval. And it becomes public record. Everything becomes public record. And because of that, people come out of the woodwork and try to get a piece of the pie. And one of the examples um, that I discussed through the last hour is Lisa Marie Presley. And despite the fact that she tried to plan, um, we see that her estate is going to unfold before everybody's eyes because her mother just recently filed a petition to claim that a 2016 amendment that she added to the trust removing her mom and her business partner as co-trustees is not valid. So Priscilla Presley is in the news and I'm interested to see what's going to happen. But not only do Americans need a revocable trust, there are other documents that you may need to protect yourself and your family, one of them being the irrevocable life insurance trust that we talked about. Many of you listening right now have insurance policies. And if those policies are distributed to your beneficiaries after you pass away, they are going to be counted as the as part of the value of your estate. And you are only allowed a certain amount of an exemption in your lifetime to transfer over. So if you go above that amount, your estate is going to be taxed. In the case of Lisa Marie Presley, she had about $35 million in life insurance policies, okay? So that $35 million, um, let's subtract how much she can gift in her lifetime, which right now it's $12 million. Whatever is over that amount is going to be taxed at 40%, okay? So... The IRS, the government, they're going to be the big winners. The lawyers, they're they're the ones that are happy and sleeping with peace, okay? So if she had an irrevocable life insurance trust in place and those policies were owned by that irrevocable life insurance trust or ILIT, as I like to call it, those policies, the value of them would not be counted towards the value of her estate, okay? And it could have saved a lot in taxes for her. So... You need a revocable trust. You need an irrevocable life insurance trust. And guess what? You may also need an asset protection trust. 
I love talking about acid protection because um, it's important to talk about. And there's usually some confusion that if I just have a revocable trust, I'm good to go. That's not the case. A revocable trust only helps you so your estate doesn't have to go through probate. But you also need acid protection trusts. Every 30 seconds, a new lawsuit is filed. And because of this reason and because of the fact that there are attorneys that focus on just going after people and litigation attorneys that are just trying to find what you own if they take on a case, you need to protect yourself, okay? There is a possibility that in your lifetime you can get sued. And as much as I am an advocate of getting insurance, liability, umbrella, I'm all for it. You should get it. There are always gray areas. How many times have we heard that an insurance company didn't pay out because, in fact, you were liable? Okay, there's always a gray area. And because of that reason, and because you can't fully depend on these insurance companies, you got to have an extra layer of protection. So who needs asset protection trusts? If you're listening right now and you have children under the age of 18 and they drive your car, you definitely want to get acid protection because if your child gets into a car accident and for whatever reason it was their fault and you only have a certain amount that your insurance policy will pay out, if there's a judgment, guess what? They can come after your home. They can come, They can put a lien on your bank accounts. You got to make sure that you protect any equity that you have in your real estate, Okay. If you're listening right now and you are in a profession where you're high risk of getting sued. Last week, I got some calls from physicians that were listening to the program. You guys are just like, you're a target, especially plastic surgeons. Plastic surgeons, any kind of surgeon, you guys are at high risk of malpractice. So you got to protect your assets. If you're listening right now, and you have rental properties, this is a big one. Please listen to this. If you have rental properties and you have tenants and they pay you rent, you need asset protection. Do not rely just on having liability insurance or umbrella insurance, okay? There are still ways to get past that. If there's a big judgment that's won and your insurance company, for whatever reason, doesn't cover you, they're going to come after your personal assets. You need to make sure that you separate the business asset, which is the rental property, and your personal assets. Because if everything is owned in your personal name, guess what? They're coming after everything. They're coming after your personal home. They're coming after the rental properties. They're coming after everything. Now, Some of you have called me and have said, oh, I'm good. You know what I did, Nas? I just created a limited liability company and I transferred title into this limited liability company and I heard I'm good to go. Okay, let me, let me, let me say this to you and let me caution you. In 2010, there was a Florida Supreme Court case that passed, which ruled that single member LLCs don't offer any asset protection. And so that has kind of been the general rule with LLCs in other states too. So if you're listening right now and you have a single member LLC, just meaning that you're the only owner of the LLC and you own a property in that LLC and you get sued, that LLC gets sued, you're getting sued. A single member LLC does not offer you any asset protection. It's like you own it 
in your personal name. So make sure to update these corporate records that you have or check with an attorney to see, do I in fact have asset protection? Is this really protecting me? Just establishing an LLC is not enough. You still have to follow corporate formalities. What do I mean by that? You have to pay the state every year, the secretary of state. Um, you, The franchise tax board fee in California is $800. You have to keep minutes in the, in the corporate records. You have to file tax returns. If you don't do this, and this is why I get really frustrated because many people, what they'll do, they'll use online resources and they register a business thinking that's all they have to do. Listen, if you paid $99 to an online company to register a business for you, all they did was file an article for you and that's it with the Secretary of State. You still have to get a tax ID. You have to have governing documents like an operating agreement or bylaw agreement. You got to have stock certificates. You got to have minutes. You got to have a corporate seal. You got to make sure you have a bank account. There's a lot that goes along with it. So if you call my office and I quote you something, and then you start Googling how to how to register a California LLC, and you see $99.99, $99.99. That's not an attorney. It's just someone registering a name for you. That's it. You literally just registered a name. You got to make sure when it comes to stuff like this, having a revocable trust, having an irrevocable life insurance trust, having asset protection, stuff that is important, okay? Stuff where there is no room for error. You work with a professional that focuses on this. And I, when I mean professional, I don't mean just an accountant, okay? I'm talking about a lawyer, where this is what they do. If you've been putting off getting a plan for way too long and you need to get going, I want you to give my office a call right now, Attorney Nas Baruti at 424-465-9003, 424-465-9003, or you can visit my website, barutilaw.com, B-A-R-O-U-T-I law.com. And if you're driving right now and can't write down this information, you can always visit the KABC website under programming. You can click on Love, Death, and Money. It will take you to my personal website or our previous shows. If you want to listen to past episodes, you can go to our iTunes show. Again, to reach me, Attorney Nas Baruti, I want you to give my office a call right now at 424-465-9003. 424-465-9003. And if you want to pick up a copy of my book, Love, Death, and Money, A Woman's Guide to Legally Protecting Yourself, you can visit amazon.com and pick up the Kindle or paperback version. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have a plan, the state of California has one for you. And trust me, you are not going to like it. 70% of Americans don't have a plan. Every 30 seconds, a lawsuit is filed. So please make sure to consult with an attorney or give my office a call right now so I can help you avoid a disaster. Again, the number to reach me, Attorney Nas Baruti, is 424-465-9003, 424-465-9003. You're listening to Love, Death, and Money on Talk Radio 790 KABC. We'll be back next week. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.